Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in today. This is Series 8. I kind of love this series. It's short. It's it's happening in November 2022. And I am chatting with the Soldier On athletes as well as some Invictus Games athletes. Now, you might be wondering, what is the Soldier On program? Well, it's a program of the Canadian Armed Forces, which contributes to the recovery of ill and injured Canadian Armed Forces members and veterans by providing opportunities and resources through sport, recreational, and creative activities. I honestly can't wait to drop in with more of these soldiers to hear their stories. This is episode 72. Let me introduce the guest that I will be dropping in with today. Now, this guest enrolled in the Canadian Armed Forces Reserves as an administration clerk in 1987. Five years later, she joined the Supplementary Ready Reserve, serving there for six years. Then she joined the Canadian Armed Forces as a nursing officer, serving as general duty nursing officer. She spent a lot of time. <laughs> then she, she completed a Bachelor's of Science in Nursing, working as a primary care nurse. She was deployed in 2007 to Afghanistan. She is Lieutenant Colonel. She is a Lieutenant Colonel, retired now, with a lot of acronyms behind her name. Just to name a lot of things that she's done, I have to go through this list because she's done so much. She's been a healthcare service movement coordinator an aeromedical evacuation coordinator officer, a liaison nursing officer, manager of support services deputy commanding officer, commander of flight and aeromedical evacuation senior practice leader, career manager for nurses, dentists, and social, social workers and physiotherapists, senior staff officer of policy plan and occupational standards with, with directorate of health services personnel, chief of nursing services, for the Canadian Armed Forces. In 2022, she retired from regular force and now is employed at the Canadian Armed Army headquarters. As of November 1st, she started working at CMP, Chief of Military Personnel, P1 and HR. This Lieutenant Colonel, <laughs> this <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel is retired now, whose name is followed by RN BSCN. M-N-C-H-E, C-D-Q-H-N, is dropping in today. I'm pleased to welcome retired Lieutenant Colonel Rhonda Crew. Okay, you have a lot going on. You've done, you said 35 years in the military? Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> that list was like on and on. And when I was writing that out, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what most of these things are. So I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thanks for dropping in. Thank you. And it does sound an awful lot like alphabet soup or alphabet cereal, but it's okay. It's all good. I love it. Okay. Are you ready to drop in first and foremost with our 10 rapid fire questions that you have not seen or heard before? Wish me luck. <laughs> good luck. They're not that hard. Number one, where in the world are you today? I am in Stittsville, Ontario, which is right outside of Ottawa. It's where I live with my spouse. Amazing. Um, again, these are never rapid. I think you've listened to the podcast now, so you know that they could go on forever. Um, it's just to let the listeners and viewers know you a little bit better. Number two, I love this question for you guys. What drew you to enroll in the military? 
Ooh, that's a tough one. It was a while ago. (laughs) You know what? It, It was a long while ago, but I really have just always had this great need to serve, whether it be as a nurse to serve my patients, whether it be as a soldier to serve the country. I just don't feel complete without doing something to give back to society. I love that. (laughs) It really is. It's, it's so different from, I don't know, a lot of different things. Um, (laughs) Number three, how many different locations were you stationed? I'm not actually sure. Let me see. (laughs) I started out in Saint-Jean, which is where they do our basic training. And then I went off to Comox, BC. And then from there, I went to Bosnia for two tours in a row uh, in 99-2000. Came home from there, was posted to Winnipeg, left Winnipeg for Goose Bay, which is where I met my spouse, who was a search and rescue technician at the time. I left Goose Bay and I went to Afghanistan for two tours in a row, came home from there, got posted to Trenton. Somehow in there, I've missed Halifax where I lived for a while and uh, Winnipeg again. Oh yes, they were between the other two. Um, I've had 14 geographical postings and I've had many more postings throughout uh, in within the same geographical area. Yeah, Amazing. You've, you've seen a lot. You've seen a lot for sure. Um, number four, if if you were into sports before or during while you were serving in the military, what were they? That's kind of funny because I'm not, I'm so not into sports. I look at people like you and you are just mesmerizing to me. (laughs) I did sports because I needed to. And really my belief in life has always been run when chased. Like I am so not an athlete. I think I was better described at the Invictus Games as the team cheerleader. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'm not an athlete in any way. And I really haven't even kept up running since the games. Um, I'm a bad athlete. I know. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Not everybody's meant to be an athlete like you. It's okay. Uh, But I enjoy just being out and about and doing sporty things. I prefer to do things like skiing. Uh, I love skiing and I belong uh, until recently I was on the board of the adaptive ski program. Oh, amazing! Uh, So my husband is in a wheelchair. So he was part of the adaptive ski program. So yeah, it's been, uh, that's more what I like to do hiking and biking and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's that's more like that's normal. <laughs> that's that's what the average that's bear what I does. I think. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. I like that. Um, number five. What was the first sport you were introduced to? I'm assuming you got into the soldier on program before you went to the Invictus Games. So, what was the first sport that they introduced to you there? They really got me more interested in cycling. Cycling was a big thing with Soldier On, and I did the Navy bike ride with Soldier On as well as cycling at the games. And I've got my beautiful red and white bike that has my name on it and says Canada, and it was made for us for the games. And uh, yeah, cycling, I got a love for cycling from them. Awesome. And what, like, how far would you cycle? Like, what kind of are we talking road biking? Oh, yeah, we're talking road biking, but I'm like 30k. That's, that's it. I'm not. I've uh, never been on a road bike. So you're better than me. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So not true. But like a lot of my friends who went to the Invictus games, like Ronnie Claru, he cycles easily 200k on an average day when he feels like it. And I'm just like, uh, no, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Everyone's I'm, different, I'm a right? fair weather cycler too. Like, oh, is it raining? Mm-hmm. Not today. <laughs> totally fair. Totally fair. Um, I love that. Number six, what would you say has been the biggest risk that you've taken in your life so far? Deploying. Definitely really? deploying. Uh, when I was in Afghanistan, I flew with um, Dustoff, which is the American medevac team. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, we uh, we came under fire. Um, our helicopter was hit. And with uh, Alpha, which means the highest level requirement for care patient aboard, we had to do a mayday landing overseas. So I'd say that's been the scariest, most risky thing I've ever done. And until that moment, I never realized how risky and scary it was. But then when we were down on the ground just outside Kalat and hearing that they were calling in fire to our position, it really came real. Um, And we were able to take the patient and put them in the chase bird. So medevac helicopters can't have armor like you can't have um, weaponry on board except for personal weaponry to protect yourself, but they're not armed with big guns. So yeah. they always have a chase bird behind us following us for protection. But because the patient was so sick, we had to put the patient on the chase bird and the chase bird had to leave us. So it was just us there. So it was disturbing at best. Um, oh my gosh. But I will say one thing that I learned because when I first joined the military, I was army reserves. And we learned a lot about, you know, protecting your position. When I joined the reg force, I joined as a nursing officer and we did some of that, but not nearly as much. But my training from when I was 17 came back on how to do it. And the Americans were trained the exact same way. So we all got out of the helicopter and did the same thing for protection of ourselves, which I thought was really cool that we all kind of did the same thing. Because you never know what it's going to be like country to country. And then as well with us being, me being a nurse, I mean, it wasn't what we train for, right? So yeah, that would be the riskiest thing I've ever done. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to talk more. Um, (laughs) On a lighter note, this one's a lot lighter. Yeah, sorry. Um, (laughs) Took us down. (laughs) No, no, no. That's the point. That's the point. Um, Number seven, what puts a smile on your face? my husband, seeing my husband every day. He was an Invictus athlete from 2016 Orlando Games. Uh, and then I was 2018 Sydney Games. So we were the first couple Invictus team <laughs> from different yeah. ones. Um, he had a significant injury in 2009 with the military and near drowning while he was doing overturned vessel training. Uh, significant anoxic brain injury. So that means he didn't have oxygen to his brain for about five minutes. And he's, he's full care. But in the morning when I wake up and I go out and say hello to him and I tell him I love him, he always does a little smile and says he loves me. And that's about oh. all he can speak still. He can't speak much anymore, but I'll still get the occasional little, or my favorite one is if I put a new dress on or I'm going somewhere, I get beautiful. And that really, really puts a smile on my face. Heck yeah, that would put a smile on my face. <laughs> what a lovely man. Oh, he's so oh. sweet. Okay, number eight. What was the last show you binged or book that you read? Or and or? Oh, I'm totally on Criminal Minds right now. I've been oh, okay. re-watching right from the start. 
Yeah. And the book I read recently, I finished it last night. I forget her first name, but her last name is Mather. And it's called How to Hang a, How to Hang a Witch. Yes, How to Hang a Witch. And she is an actual descendant of Cotton Mather. Mather. Is it, was it good? I think I've heard of that one. It was so good. It was so okay. good. I mean, it's kind of in the realm of the teen genre, the way it's written. Yeah. But it was so good. I really, okay. really enjoyed it. And just, uh, wow. Yeah. Some of the reasons I asked this is so that I can get a book list of my own. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I recommend it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and um, number nine, you just told us that you've kind of lived a little bit of everywhere, but do you have a favorite travel destination? No, actually, this is one thing I get a lot from people. Where do I like to travel? I don't. I do mm -hmm. not like to travel. I did enough travel while I served between deployments and postings. I looked at my entire 35-year career, and it was only in the few years that I was supplementary ready reserve that I wasn't busy doing something in the summer. Totally. I never really had time for myself. So what I love to do now, uh, I recently bought a home in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia with my sister. Amazing. She lives there full time and it's my retreat. So I go down there and I'll spend a week visiting her and my other family that's there and just relaxing. And because uh, I took my final move, when you leave the military, they give you a final move to return where you want to be because they moved you all over there's you're not home anymore right yeah. uh, so i took my final move and i moved half my stuff from the house i live in here out there so i don't even need to take a suitcase i can just grab my wallet and get on a plane and i just go home and visit with the my dream i know it's i mean fantastic. for someone that's traveled a lot the dream and i always had bulky like snowboard bags and so much gear yeah. and everything to, to just travel with a wallet, that honestly is my dream. Well, I can tell you it is worth continuing dreaming till you get there because it yeah. is fantastic. It is so worth the dream. Amazing. I started, um, I picked up golf. So now I have another bulky oh, bag no. to travel with. <laughs> doing it to myself. I'm totally doing it to myself. I know another Olympic athlete and she does the same thing. She travels with so much stuff. You likely know her. She's been in the Winter Games. I'm not sure. Heather Moyes? Yeah, you know Heather. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she's the same way. She's got bag upon bag. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. But I think we're just like so used to it. Uh, yeah. It's too funny. Oh, traveling with just a wallet. Okay. I will it's keep so dreaming nice. on that one. I will. You, when you get there, just remember this moment and how good it feels. It's so amazing. <laughs> awesome. Number 10. How long have you been part of the Soldier On program? I have been with Soldier On as a, um, like someone interested in the program and uh, signed up for it since I believe 2009, which is when my husband had his injury, because we signed up to look for resources for him, which we received as well. In 2012, we moved to Ottawa. And at that time, he actually was on what they call those um I guess at the time it was JPSU, the Joint Personnel Selection Unit, and it was for it was a holding list for people who were sick, not yet released, but couldn't work. Mm -hmm. And uh, he actually worked at Soldier On for a little while. Just oh, cool. I think he was more of a cheerleader there too, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> he worked there for a while with the team. And then I, I stayed in touch from then on. And then when my injuries were such that I was no longer able to remain in the Canadian forces and they put me on the same list, which by then had a new name, but it was the same idea. I went and worked at Soldier Run. 
and I worked oh, you there worked for there too. I did for a very short while. It was about a year, but it was during uh, just before COVID. So when COVID hit, they weren't working in the office. So then I uh, I left there and went over to the army headquarters. But I got to work there for a while, and I really liked it. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I wrote a lot of thank you letters for people. And we are about to have my cat join us here. Sorry. Oh, amazing. No, I love that. I had um, a soldier on athlete rainbow on and she had her dogs barking in the background. So, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> awesome. Well, that is the rapid fire. Thank you so much. I know everyone got to know you a little Thank bit you. more. Um, I do want to touch on soldier on a little bit more. Sure and it's so cool that you worked there. Do you want to touch on the injuries that came about for you to have to retire from the military? Sure thing. Uh, actually, on my first tour in Bosnia, it was just in um, 2007, 2008, because I did the millennium, sorry, 2009, 2010, I did the millennium tour, mm-hmm. we called it, because everybody thought the world was going to fall apart, so we had to stay extra long. <laughs> I unfortunately was sexually assaulted while I was on that tour. Uh, by a soldier from another country, not our country. Uh, In fact, our country did everything they could and made things as good as they could for me in this situation. I was very lucky in that I had that support. Uh, I was given the option of remain in theater or go home. And I chose to remain in theater because at the time I was posted to Comox. It was such a small little area. There was very little health care there. I had better health care in theater than I did in Comox, so I stayed. And I'm Mm -hmm. glad I did because I got to, you know, send him home instead. I actually went to the military police, got him sent home. Uh, Anyways, on and off through the years, I've struggled with that. And I've had some mental health concerns with that. And my anxiety was not helped by my um, aircraft incident in Afghanistan. And then also, I have been a trauma nurse most of my military career. Uh, particularly overseas. And then I came home from overseas and started working with the medical evacuation system. I mean, I did it my whole career, but I worked full time for it once I came back. And that was also dealing with people coming home every day injured. Um, I remember at one point, I actually talked to the wing chief in Trenton and I said, you know, what we do is really important and I need my team to be healthy. And there were ramp ceremonies all the time. And I don't know if you've been told what a ramp ceremony is yet, but that's when a soldier comes home from overseas, the rest of the soldiers in Trenton go to the airfield and we welcome them home before they then go on the highway of heroes from Trenton to Toronto up to the, uh, the, I don't know if it's a mortuary or a funeral home or whichever it is, but they go there. And so we welcome them home every time and we see the families. And I remember saying to the chief, you know, uh, my staff can't take it. We can't take bringing home the injured and then welcoming home the dead every time. It's too much. Yeah. And I started receiving more and more mental health care at that time. And then I just found that after time, my resilience wasn't there and I was having anger issues and uh, anxiety, social phobias, and it was just making life difficult to remain in the positions I was in. So um, finally, I ended up talking with one of the doctors who decided it was time for me to maybe work (laughs) part-time and focus a little more on myself after. I mean, that was only for the last couple years of my career that I worked uh, part-time and that's when I was at that unit which then let me work at Soldier On and then Army Headquarters. Um, So 
Yeah, it was yeah. almost primarily mental health concerns. Now, I did have a bicycling injury, uh, and I was um, had to have back surgery for it, and then it didn't help being in the Afghanistan moment when we had to land fast. So I do have a lot of back issues as well. So okay. a little bit of mental health, a little bit of physical, but honestly, I can't see too many people who've spent 35 years not having some of that. Mm-hmm. So well, I, mean, I do gosh. my best. You- you have definitely been through a lot. I mean, thank you so much for the vulnerability of sharing all of that. It's it's so important. And and um, for those of you that know me, they know my story that I share that I still suffer from depression. I mean, I'm currently in Mexico right now because I have to get away from the seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. weather in Whistler. Um, so, yeah, I thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you. I think that like what I'm learning about Soldier On is it's so great to have other soldiers to talk to while you're there. Is is that right? Is that it absolutely building a network of people who actually understand what you're going through or even just the way life is. I remember when I first got on the first bus for the Invictus game team, we were at a training camp and one of the other soldiers there, he was, you know, a an infantry soldier. And I'm thinking, oh God, they're going to ask why I'm here. <laughs> and and we did actually, we don't do what we call war porn, which is discussing the exact story, but we will say kind of the, the reason like mental health or what mm-hmm. have you. Mm-hmm. And I remember that uh, he asked me, he goes, why are you here? And I said, oh, I said, you know, I, I have mental health issues because of trauma. And he goes, oh, trauma. And I said, yeah. And I mentioned that it was sexual assault. And he looks at me square in the eye, this young infantry soldier and he goes you know what Rhonda trauma's trauma and I thought god bless you you know what if that is what the new generation of people is teaching and feeling god bless yeah. like I yeah. just at that moment I could have hugged them you know I really could have <laughs> because you know there were people there who were missing their legs or missing different things or who'd been blown up in IEDs right so yeah. in a lot of ways those of us who don't have obvious physical injuries we almost feel less than a hundred percent and but we don't deserve to feel less than no not at all but but we do we feel that and and then i think you know that analogy that i've heard before of if someone has a broken leg would you tell them to walk it off no you tell them to get a cast right exactly yeah if you got something broken in your head yeah or in your heart you don't walk it off. You do what you need yeah. to do to take care of it. And so having soldiers like that around me who've either gotten ahead of me in healing or even behind me for me to help. Um, yeah. And I did create a network of people that I still keep in touch with and that Love mean a that. lot to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest advantage of Soldier On. It teaches you um how to be strong in a lot of ways. Now, when I was at the Invictus Games, I did sign language because I don't hear well. I was also near a blast overseas and I don't hear well. And so I did sign language is my thing because our running coach said, you got to have something. You got to, you know, do the the arm up or what have you. You got to do something to stand out just before you do your runs. So I did courage to victory. In sign language. Yeah, I did it in sign language. I did courage to victory. And honestly, 
you've got to make the changes you need in your life to have the changes that you need. And it takes the courage to do the changes, right? Like, so I actually read something once and I'll never forget it. And it was, how did it go? Courage is happiness and courage in itself is victory. So I think that's pretty awesome. And I mean, all of us who are struggling, it just shows that we're human. Oh, yeah. And I learned a lot of that through Soldier Ron because the military teaches a lot of bravado, but it doesn't mm-hmm. teach how to take care of that stuff. I mean, it is better now, but remember 35 years ago, I, I mean, yeah. I was the first, one of the first girls in my infantry area. Like, I mean, we weren't like, cause I was an admin clerk, but the group was an infantry regiment. Yeah. So, I mean, it's come a long way. Like Definitely. everywhere else, there's a lot to go, but, uh, Anyways, that's yes. what I always Long say. story short, I went around in circles there on you, but uh, no, it was so good. I, I, importance. I'm learning so much about the military that I never knew, and and I think it's opening up that kind of conversation about what it's like, and then also just again mental health. And I always said that when I when I had my concussion, like everyone's like, "When are you going to be better?" And I was just like. I have no idea, but my black eye is gone and I'm still not okay. And if you don't understand it, you don't, you're not going to get it. You're just, some people don't get it and it is what it is. And it's the same with, um, I find depression. People be like, well, you're not yourself. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm really not, I'm not okay right now. And it's okay to say that. And I think having that support group, I mean, it's invaluable having that soldier on support group and, and to the listeners that, that aren't in the military that are just uh, people, you you have your own support group. You, you may not have found it yet. Um, like I, I have my Olympians group where we don't have to explain everything. You can just say like one simple word. And, and I think it's so important to find a group like that that you can, you can mesh with as well. Um, I do want to talk about the Invictus Games. Mm-hmm. How the heck do you qualify? I asked Joe this and I was like, how do you qualify for an Invictus Games? Only a certain amount of Canadians get to go. Um, do you want to just share your experience there? Sure thing. So you have to be registered with Soldier Ron as an ill or injured soldier. That's the first mm-hmm. step. And then you watch for the call letter. Uh, you know, it'll come out saying nominations are being taken or applications are being taken for the Invictus Games. And then you fill out your application and then you pray. That's really all there is to it. I have to say that I... Uh, I tried to hedge my bet to try to get it because the Invictus Games, of course, uh, then Prince Harry, now yeah. Harry, I guess, he was in charge <laughs> of it. And I was nominated by being the chief of nursing services of the Canadian Forces. I was given a special decoration as the Queen's honorary nurse. That's what the QHN in the alphabet soup means. And so... I put that right on there. I'm like, I'd really love to go to the games that were created by the Royal family since I represent them for the country. <laughs> I have to admit, I threw it on there. The heart. Yeah. And Heck then yeah. I, got so I was pretty excited. So oh really my gosh. everybody's deserving. Everybody yeah. is deserving. Uh, how do they decide? Um, some of it is a matter of, they need to have a variety of options for the different sports. Mm-hmm. And I know that, on my application form, there was, what sports are you interested in? And then it was, will you do team sports? So that whole reason of Soldier On to be with other people. If you're mm-hmm. not interested in team sports, sometimes I'm thinking they probably pick you, if you aren't interested, just to try to get you interested in them. Right. Um, but yeah, they do. 
and you have to have no experience whatsoever. So we are not, you know, gonna win. <laughs> or I wasn't. Some of the people were very keen and very good, but I, I was, like I said, I, I was a cheerleader. I was, I was good at that. Chat great experience. So yes. cool. And you know that the Invictus Games are coming to Vancouver Whistler with the hybrid of it's winter awesome. sports. Yes, ah. that's awesome. And then Joe also in um, episode 70, I had him on who works for um, Soldier On and he yeah. was, he, he's so sweet. He's like, what are you doing in February? I was like, I will be in Whistler and I feel that you guys are coming to Whistler. That's awesome. <laughs> so I'm excited to kind of see everyone and maybe snowboard with, with the Soldier On athletes, which will be really cool. And I love Joe. Joe and his wife and his little baby, they come up, they have come over a few times to see my husband who Joe was very close with my husband. So it's really nice. I I do. I really love the community of, of the military that you guys have and as well as with soldier on. Um, How was your experience being a cheerleader? I feel like you were more than a cheerleader at the Invictus games. (laughs) I was mostly a cheerleader. My experience (laughs) was amazing. I brought my three sisters with me. Now, for the Invictus Games, they generally pay for two people to go with you, all expenses paid. But I have three sisters. (laughs) So (laughs) I got on a group call with with all four of us, and I just said this. I'm like, okay, ladies, I want to take you all. And what I'd like to do is how much it'll cost for the fourth person, we all split it 25% each. And whichever one of you says no is the one who's not coming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming they all went. They all went. They all went. And it was really funny because everybody, not even just Canadians, but everybody knew them as the sisters. Because they were everywhere. I don't know how they did it. They were everywhere. They went to all the events. They were cheering. They were they were quite the spectacle, I got to tell you. I've got some good sisters. Uh, but that's because Brilliant. we lost both our parents. So the four of us are really close. Yes. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, the Invictus Games were amazing. And one of the things that I will never forget about the Invictus Games, that part that tugged at my heartstring the most and made me cry, was I was doing the my longest run. And I believe it was the 400 meter. It might've been the kilometer. I'm not sure. Honestly, parts of it, I forget, but parts of it, I remember also a problem with mental health issues. You forget things. Uh, but I, I hear you on that. had to have, I know. Right. And then people wonder why you don't remember these amazing events, but um, yeah. they, they would turn a light on for when it was time to run for me. Cause I couldn't hear the starter. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they, just before I did my courage to victory, uh, sign language, and then they did my light and I did it and I wasn't 30 feet in and something happened. I don't know what my foot hurt. I couldn't run. And I was doing this limp thing and everybody was lapping me and my coach wow. comes up and I'm like, I don't know what's going on, Aaron. Like something is wrong, but I wasn't going to stop. Right. Like I had yeah. to finish. I mean, I would have crawled if I had to, it was that bad. And I was so long, but once all the other athletes had finished the entire stadium, which was the Olympic stadium back when they held the Olympics, there is where we did our running events. Um, The whole stadium in there, they've got the name Rhonda flashing on the screen and the whole stadium is Rhonda, Rhonda. And I'm like crying and I'm trying to run and I can barely move. And I'm anyways, when I finished it, I went right to the medical tent and I broke my foot is what happened. Is I broke no. my foot in 30, clo- 30 meters in and I did it. I finished the run, um, which is foolish Legendary. and amazing and everything all at once, but crazy too, right? 
We're, we're, we're um, very stubborn, aren't we women? <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And when I left the stadium, totally ashamed of myself because I didn't know all of it yet. And in my short shorts, by the way, whoever thought it was a good idea to put a 50 year old woman in short shorts to run <laughs> wrong, very wrong. Uh, anyways, I went out there and I, I wore my gear proudly regardless. Um, this lady came up to me and she was with her son and they were both deaf and she could speak still, but she couldn't yeah. hear. Okay. And she told me that it was the highlight of their games, that someone did something with sign language and they thanked me. And then I was crying and they were crying. <laughs> it was just, and I'm it was crying. Very moving. I know, right? Like I'm almost <laughs> crying right now, but yes. uh, that was moving. The games were so life-changing and one of the things i remember i wrote an article for the maple leaf which is a military paper after Dwayne came home from the invictus games and i i said something about how in canada everybody stares at you and you're different when you're different or because he was in a wheelchair and he had obvious difficulties due to his brain injury but at the invictus games the differences and the injuries and the illnesses they're not glorified, but they're celebrated. Yeah. And you become someone different than you are at home. You get to be someone who isn't other. You're the one that, that they like. Yeah. I, I don't know how to say it better than that, but um, yeah, we were celebrated instead. And it's a very different feeling than you're used to, but it's amazing. And one that you hope will transpire through time in the real I world. I do. Yeah. I really do. Like when, when that guy on my team said trauma's trauma. Trauma is trauma. That's exactly what I, I thought about. Just, I'm like, we are growing and we're learning and we, we are, are becoming better humans. I think, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tears in my eyes. Goosebumps. Sorry. This, no, it's all good. I love, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's such, it's so eye opening for me. I, I, it's, it's wonderful. Um, I do want to touch on before I let you go, all of the acronyms behind your, your name. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's see. RN, registered nurse. All right. Yeah. BSCN, Bachelor of yeah. Science in Nursing. Okay. MN, Masters in Nursing. They don't put the other piece next to it, which is with a focus on teaching and education. Okay. Um, CD, I have the Canadian decoration, meaning that I've spent time in the military. Uh, we joke around saying it's the uh, time with undetected crime, but no, really, it's it's time in the military. Uh, okay. CHE is the College of Health Executives. I'm uh, executive. I'm a certified health executive. Okay. And then QHN is the Queen's Honorary Nurse, which I understand now I will have to be removing from my signature block that we have a king. But I was the Queen's Honorary Nurse. I mean, oh, you've done so much. It's such an honor to listen to you. It's an honor to speak to you. Oh, <laughs> there we are. Um, anything else you want to add to the listeners um, that they should know? I think there's a couple things I'd like to just say quickly. For one, please. if you are in the military and you are ill or injured, please fill out your paperwork through Veterans Affairs. So many people think you have to wait until you retire. You do not. Do it right away. Get on the books. And then by being part of that, you can then sign up to be an Invict 
uh, sorry, a soldier on member for ill and injured. You need to have a diagnosis on file approved to get there. So please go ahead and do it right away so that you can apply to be in some of these things. Soldier on is doing amazing things. Uh, actually, they advertised something the other day. Was it glass blowing? Something I was like, "Ooh, that looks interesting. I might sign up for that." So yeah, it doesn't mean you get it. It's more than sports. It's more than oh, sports. Oh yeah, which that's is, actually something so I was great. adamant. I, I said to them when I was there, "You have to find stuff other than sport because there are yeah. other ways people need to be active, and not everybody can do sport." Like, uh, so mm -hmm. I'm really, really glad they they do more and more of that. They did a cutting board class last year, and um, there's just so much out there that they can be a part of. Yeah. And just remember, you know we all have illnesses and injuries and you can see them you can't see them but you don't know what type of day someone's having so try not to dull their sparkle if you don't have to mm -hmm. 100 yeah. i appreciate it. and then let the people know actually i did want to touch on the aero medical evacuation but yes. you did that you did that in the um in the in the rapid fire can we just get like an overview of how that works Okay, absolutely. So uh, in order to be part of an aeromedical evacuation team in Canada, you need to take the aeromedical evacuation training. And for that, everybody learns how to be the team lead and a team member. Rank really doesn't matter on these teams. It's about what you know how to do and how you can help. There is a um, cell that was set up in Trenton, Ontario, uh, that is just for the nurses and medics that do medevacs. To work out of yeah. so that when a mission comes in winnipeg is where they'll receive the notification of a mission they'll notify trenton trenton will put together a team and that team will go wherever it is you need to pick up an ill or injured soldier in this world and bring mm -hmm. them to where they need to be so it's not just for deployed operations bringing people home from afghanistan i mean that was the biggest part of the cell for a long time mm -hmm. but if one of us were to be injured while we were say on a ship down south mm -hmm. and something happened we go get them and bring them home it's basically an air ambulance yeah. and we augment the team with doctors or specialists as required but okay. the base team is a nurse and a medic and it's an amazing amazing thing to do because you can be in the air and you don't have any help so you are what you have is each other, which is why you have to respect each other, not just the rank. Yeah, oh, so much respect for you. It's, it's amazing everything that you've done. Um, can you let people know where they can find you online? I know that you're on Instagram and TikTok. I am. I'm known as Rhonda Invictus, R-H-O-N-D-A-I-N-V-I-C-T-U-S. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for your time. I could talk to you for hours. I've learned so I much. Talk, and you I know you you're so easy to talk to. Thank you for making this not a painful experience. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. Oh, Rhonda, thank you so much for dropping in today. Thank you. Thanks so much for dropping in today. You can find everything you want to know about dropping in with Mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Thanks DJ Kenosis for the music and my mom for the intro voice. Hey, listen.
listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.